We are in week 49 of the 50 States, 50 Weeks, and 50 Coffee Shop series. I'm talking with Mallory Orr from Mercy's Coffee in Madison, Wisconsin today. Mallory has over 13 years of coffee experience working in the coffee world, and actually her first coffee shop job, she decided that this was the industry she wanted to be in because it allows her to talk with people and gather in community and really just invest in creating a safe environment for others. Mercy's Coffee has a crazy story behind it, and I'm really excited to share that with you today. Mallory's passion for fighting human trafficking and creating a safe environment for people to come into a coffee shop and gather and drink delicious coffee is incredible. As you might have heard, there's only one more coffee shop left in this 50 state tour. It is coming up next week. After that, I'll be doing a recap episode. I'll have a very exciting guest who will be interviewing me and we will talk about what happened throughout the year and any questions that you write in. So email me at baristatalkshow at gmail.com. With that, grab your coffee or tea and let's get started. My name is Mallory Orr. I am the owner of Mercy's Coffee on the east side of Madison, Wisconsin. We are standalone specialty coffee shop we just opened we're going to be celebrating our one year anniversary next month yeah <laughs> super exciting it's, it's a little surreal right now but yeah we're pretty happy to be in the community that's amazing way to go that's <laughs> thank <great>. you <laughs> yeah what inspired this idea to start a shop wow that you know I started my first job in the coffee industry when I was 19. So we're coming up on 13 years ago. And I pretty much knew in that first job as a barista that coffee was going to be a part of my life forever. I just fell in love with it. And I knew I wanted to own my own coffee shop. We're actually a very unique coffee shop because we, we also serve as a platform for fighting human trafficking in our state. So that's, that's my other passion. And I married the two <laughs> and I learned about both of these things, became passionate about them and wanted to find a way to bring the two together. And, you know, 13 years later, here we are. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. That is exciting. And when you first started to work at a coffee shop, what really spurred on that passion for you that made you think, I'll stay in this industry? I honestly think it was the community aspect of it. I loved watching people every single day come in, get their cup of coffee, and just spend, you know, hours just talking to each other and mm -hmm. building relationships and investing in other people. And I especially think nowadays that that is such a rare and beautiful thing. And I really, I wanted to create a space where people felt safe to build relationships and yeah, and just, you know, safe to just be there in general, but, you know, also safe to just spend time with other people. That's beautiful. And I'm sure that goes hand in hand with the human trafficking portion of that passion. And like you yeah. said, marrying the two, would you be willing to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So mercies comes from it actually comes from a verse in the Bible, talks about 
God's mercies being new every morning, I wanted to create an environment where mercy is shown to people that could be treated harshly, which unfortunately a lot of men and women in the world of human trafficking are treated harshly because they're either misunderstood or they're looked over or if they're trying to get out, all that is seen is the record that usually the criminal record that comes with it with, you know, their past and it's really difficult for them to get jobs. And then therefore they are usually forced back into the trafficking industry. So my heart behind creating a coffee shop that also supports fighting human trafficking is to eventually provide jobs for these men and or women, mostly women because that they are the, they're primarily affected by it. But to create a, a workplace environment where, you know, the management not only understands their trauma, but mm-hmm. understand how to work with them and how to give them what they need in order for them to heal and thrive and then stay out of that industry. That's kind of my heart behind this coffee shop is building a community of people that can extend love and mercy to this other community of people that desperately need it. That is so needed for everyone, really, from every background and every experience. (laughs) We all need that. (laughs) Yes, I agree. So do you have any training in this field? I've had my own trauma that I've worked through, not necessarily related to trafficking, Uh but I think a lot of women can say that they've experienced some sort of trauma and, you know, related to their bodies being harmed. And so that I have spent a lot of time and a lot of years working through those things and getting healing for myself and Mm. then also intentionally putting myself in through trainings offered by other organizations so that I could better understand trauma within the trafficking world. And so I, I do have a lot of knowledge in that. I, I would not say that I'm quote unquote professionally trained. I don't have a degree at this point, but I have a lot of personal experience with walking with people through traumatic events and helping them process those things. So yeah, so that, I mean, that's kind of my background in that. And honestly, just I have been given the gift of empathy and the ability to understand what people are coming from. And that's a huge need in our world right now. So that is something that I'm just, I'm just trying to exercise and, you know, put out there in the world for people to receive as well. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I can understand why that what you're doing is so valuable in the world. And it's worthwhile talking about and doing something about. So thank you for stepping out and not only running a coffee shop, but doing something about human trafficking. I think that's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I want to backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about what coffee is like in your area in Wisconsin and what your experience has been with coffee. I mean, beyond this year as well as mm-hmm. during this year of running a business. Right. So I, I'm originally from Washington State. Okay. Um, so my, the majority of my coffee experience comes from the Seattle area, suburbs of Seattle. I learned from, you know, <laughs> one of the coffee <laughs> capitals of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my style and my training, my upbringing in coffee, if you want to call it, is a little bit more European. 
So bringing that to Madison has been interesting (laughs) because I would say the coffee industry in Wisconsin is growing. Definitely. I still get a lot of looks from people when I say that our largest size available is a 16 ounce. (laughs) (laughs) People are still very used to like Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, like Starbucks to offer the, you know, the really large sizes and things like that, which, you know, if that's what you want, that's totally fine. So I'm definitely bringing a lot of different options to people and that that's been an adjustment for sure. But I also have a lot of people that absolutely love that and are drawn to our space because that is what we offer. And we are much more of a lower quantity, like our menu is a little bit smaller and, you know, it's definitely more of a specialty environment. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you're talking about Wisconsin culture overall slowly growing into more (laughs) specialty world. And we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are there any other differences that you've seen from Washington, specifically Seattle, to Wisconsin? People that are from Wisconsin are going to laugh at me when they hear me say this, but people's obsession with soup around here. Uh-huh. <laughs> throws me off. <laughs> totally a Wisconsin thing or a Midwest thing, I guess. But I get people asking all the time if we have soup. And that's not, that wasn't really a common thing that I was used to in Washington. <laughs> I just, it wasn't a big deal to me there. And then here I'm like, well, I guess I might have to put soup on my menu at some point. <laughs> uh, people just love their soup around here. So otherwise, I think it's really just educating people on, you know, actually a caramel macchiato is an invention from Starbucks, which you can absolutely go get one there, but here we call it a caramel vanilla latte. (laughs) You know, trying to teach people the difference between like Starbucks culture and what they've done versus what other places offer. And people just kind of tend to assume that every coffee shop is the same and offers the same thing, mm-hmm. which they don't, which is actually one of the things I love about the coffee industry is that there can be like a bunch of different coffee shops in, you know, close proximity, but everybody does something different and there's always something for everyone. And that's, that's, you know, part of that community aspect that I really like about it. But yeah, it's just, it's, there's just a lot of education involved in opening a specialty coffee shop in Madison right now, which is fun. It's great. Because that's, you know, it's fun to teach people about things you're passionate about. It's funny because I think of Madison as being a larger city and having thriving coffee industry. Mm -hmm. But I also come from a background of specialty coffee in Portland. And... Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Much different over here. Madison, I love this about Madison is that it is a larger city, but it has such a small town feel to it in so many different ways. And our where our shop is located, it's it's fun for me to see like every single day I see people walk in and like greet each other. They just, you know, like they weren't planning on meeting there. They just saw each other there and they know each other it still has this small town feel like, you know, everyone still knows each other and you run into each other at the same places and it's very sweet. But yeah, so that does still impact the coffee industry for sure. (laughs) It reminds me of the intro to the show Cheers, my friend loves that show. 
be everybody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Are there other shops across the state that you recommend if someone like myself who hasn't been there should visit and go see one of these shops? Yeah, absolutely. There's Ancora. They do a really good job. They have a few different locations. Wonder State, they're fantastic. They're definitely, they're very specialty. I would say they're like fourth wave copy. They do a fantastic job. Collectivo is like, is a staple around here. Their roots are in the Midwest, so they do a great job. But yeah, you'll get something different everywhere you go. Something good and different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it true coffee where you source your beans? Is that right? Oh, yeah, obviously. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We, We do source from true. Absolutely love them. They have a little shop in Monona, Wisconsin. They're great. We love, yeah, we love our relationship with True. There's a little shop. It's in the Wisconsin Dells. It's called Bella Goose. They actually have a similar mission. They also support the fight against human trafficking. So, and they roast their own beans. They do a great job. Wow. That's incredible to have two shops in the same state who have Mm -hmm. a similar mission. I think they focus... They're a little bit more international, which is awesome. And then we are focusing a little bit more local. So it's kind of cool to have both the unification of different coffee shops in building that community, like, you know, doing latte competitions and things like that. Like those kinds of things are really important to bring people together. That's where all the good stuff starts. It's been a wild ride. What are you excited about after this year anniversary? I am excited to potentially expand our menu and add soup. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have to wait till next winter for that one. There's a couple different vendors that I'm looking at working with. So I think, you know, just continuing to improve our craft and I have the most phenomenal group of employees. They're just amazing. So continuing to pour into them and help them take ownership of the shop so that I can maybe step out and look at starting another location. Who knows? I've told people, I'm like, I'm not even going to think about a second location until the first year is over. So (laughs) (laughs) that's wise. Uh, Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, in my experience, like you can make all the plans you want, but you just never know what's going to happen. And I'm just looking forward to watching, you know, the time and the effort that I've put into this continue to reap the benefits of that, of watching people just fall more in love with the space that I've created and, and, you know, just gain more traction. And that's just, it's cool to watch. Like it's, I remember telling my staff, you know, months ago, like, just you wait guys, like soon, what seems to be our busy days right now will eventually be our slow days. (laughs) And, and we're, we're getting to that point now. Like I was just telling them today, I'm like, guys, remember, like, the sales that we closed out today, it felt slow, but this used to be busy for us. This is, that means that we're improving and that means that it's getting better. That's what we have to focus on. And it's, it's exciting. It's like watching a child grow. Oh. <laughs> My child. Your child. <laughs> My child. <laughs> you held its hand and it grew. <laughs> yes. My very large, unpredictable child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your experience with expanding made me think of Brian Reynolds from Anthem Coffee in Washington. Mm. He was talking about how 
they had to close one of their locations and now they're reopening and just the journey of expanding and contracting throughout the years of business and learning when to do it and when not to the whole thing is just so unpredictable like you said and involves a lot of risk and quite a bit of reward so it's yeah it takes some guts to go on this path and I really admire you for doing it and I hope you keep going because it would be great to visit your shop myself and I hope other people do too thank you I'm excited we'll see what happens one of the hardest things I've learned as a business owner is that so much is beyond my control. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're walking down a path of opening a business that also fights human trafficking or is involved in any sort of social injustice or just injustice, period. There is so much more that is out of my control and that I really just have to be still and <laughs> and allow God to show up. Mercies is his. You know, I'm just the steward. God told me to start praying. And he gave me very specific things to pray for, the location, the money, and the people. And a woman that I had worked for for a few months before COVID hit, she owned a coffee shop. She texted me. She's like, hey, God put you on my heart to ask you if you want to take over the space and make it your own. Wow. (laughs) And because they had had a person to take it over, but she decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. And so August of 2021, that was when I got that text message and I went and met with her and essentially I was like, yeah, this is, it's time. And then one by one, people just started throwing money at me (laughs) and they're like, you, this, like, God is in this. You have to do this. Like, wow. here you go. And so that is how mercy started. And so often, like, we don't see God moving. Mm. But it's in those times that he's doing the most work. Like, it's so true. Because <laughs> the amount of things that he was orchestrating, the way he was preparing me, all of these things, like, was happening in the times and I didn't see him moving. And then, boom, here we are a year later. (laughs) And even still now, I'm, like, questioning. I'm, like, are you really, like, doing this? Are you really, like, you know, it is not easy. It's not easy. Just because he gives you everything you've prayed for does not mean it will be easy. But, yeah, he's always, he is always working. He's always doing something. And that's why he reminds us to be still because he's got it. I've had so many sleepless nights and like near panic attacks because I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pay these bills. And, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm still in that, you know, it's the first year, like we're not making money hand over fist. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. And, you know, but I keep finding, I was just thinking about this today. I keep finding myself back in the same place of like, I have no idea how we're going to pay these bills. But this time I'm not going to like try to figure it out on my own. I am just going to be still and let you handle it because like, you know, better than I do how much money we need to get through this. So clearly you have a plan (laughs) because I don't (laughs) just because 
he makes it happen doesn't mean it's going to happen easily. And there's purpose in the trials as well. Even though they're beautiful trials and they're the trials that you've prayed for. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically. Yeah. It's like, I asked for this. (laughs) I did this to myself. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, but no, he's, he is still in it and he's still teaching us through those things. And oh my gosh, it is not easy, but that doesn't mean it's without his presence. I feel so honored to just be able to hear your story. Thank you. That is the biggest compliment. It wouldn't be a great story without him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for hopping on and taking time today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.